We all pot down here. If you touch it, you die. Welcome to We All Pod Down Here. I'm Dan. And I'm Brittany. And this week we're going to be reviewing the Korean movie Midnight, which came out on June 30th, 2021 in South Korea, but is not released for on-demand purposes until April 5th, 2022 here in the USA. And we're not talking about the, the band Midnight. No. Or The Midnight who yeah. we saw this past weekend, and they were awesome. I was tricked into thinking we were going to midnight. Just kidding. No, I knew where we were going. <laughs> so for a brief overview, a serial killer is interrupted killing a young woman by a deaf woman and her deaf mother. Now he's hunting them down, but it may not be as easy as he thought. And our references for this are the usual IMDb and Wikipedia. And going into our cast and crew... Our director and writer is Kwang Woseng, and this was actually his first film as both director and a writer. That's incredibly impressive. Yes, because, spoiler alert, we love this movie, so we won't actually spoil it for you, but we'll get into it. And for our cast and crew, we have Toshi, played by Wei Hang-jung, and you may know him from Konjiham Haunted Asylum, as well as Squid Game. He was the cop in Squid Game. And Very then, versatile actor. Yes. Yes, he is. And then we have Kim Kyung-mi, who is played by Jin Kye-woo. And then John Teke, which is played by Park Ho-fung. So Jung, played by Kim Hee-young. And last but certainly not least, we have... Kei Yong Mi's mother, who is played by Kei Hei Young. And I really hope I pronounced those right. If I did not, I'm terribly sorry. All right, so with that, I say let's go ahead and get into our spoiler free review. I'm gonna kind of keep this short because it'd be easy to spoil this. Yeah, because this is literally just coming out. So we'll, we'll definitely do the spoiler free afterwards, but Dan, you wanna take it away for our spoiler free review? Sure. So this is one we were really excited to see so we made sure we saw it as soon as it came available and anyone who's listened to our podcast before knows our affinity for korean film because quite frankly korean film has been making some of the most wonderful movies in general for a long time now but they've been especially within the last five to ten years they've been really stepping it up Mm -hmm. and this one is absolutely no exception this is another really brilliant entry and to show the brilliance of Korean filmmaking. I would say it's a good combination between a slasher movie and a thriller. It kind of toes that line between the two and it melds them together really perfectly. Mm-hmm, for sure. It's a really, really interesting dive into how someone from the deaf community... Their perspective on this kind of situation. Exactly. The kind of perspective they would have and the struggles they might encounter in a situation like this when you have to act really quickly and try to get people who don't understand sign language to understand you and help you. And it also shows a really brilliant and manipulative serial killer. Yeah. This guy is scary in his ability to trick the hell out of people and even just change his identity throughout this Mm -hmm. my actual main criticism is partly also the deaf aspect of it because there were no deaf actors or actresses in this and i would have really liked to have seen some deaf actors and actresses in this i think that's kind of been an issue with a lot of films that represent the deaf community that's that the actors in it did great but it reminds me of a similar situation with hush where you had a home invasion situation with a guy that realizes that she's deaf but completely missing a lot of things and there's things that I feel like they could have done differently like there's a part in that without because I know you haven't seen it I won't spoil it for you but there's a part where someone's banging on the glass and she does not see it or hear it or whatsoever which obviously she wouldn't hear it but the vibrate every deaf person will tell you even just the vibration of that you would feel that because when you're deaf you start to pick up on things that maybe other people wouldn't pick up on because they would pick up on it from hearing Whereas if you're deaf, you're not going to pick up on it from hearing. You might feel the vibration, though. 
Mm-hmm. So, and your peripheral vision would have picked up on it. Even someone who wasn't deaf in that movie would have picked up on this person. You, sh- you showed me the clip of that, and it was really not very believable how they set it up. Yeah. I feel like they did a, b- a bit better, at least from the small exposure to that movie I've seen. I feel like they did a more accurate job of in this yeah, movie. Yeah, this, this definitely felt more accurate. It's just, I feel like representation really matters, and yeah, I'll always point that out that I feel like that they should have had like actual deaf actors and actresses rather than hearing ones that are playing deaf characters. I wonder, just your curiosity, how many deaf actors they have in South Korea. And they may not have a lot, but it may also because of the fact that it's not something that they feel they can do because of the way the That's system's true. kind of set up. So Yeah, for sure. I just would like to see more of that, and I feel like that this could be a good stepping stone to something like that where mm-hmm. they may encourage that kind of, you know, those people to become actors and actresses even if they're deaf. Yeah, exactly. Which we have stuff like right now, like we have Quiet Place that actually does have a deaf actress, and she does an amazing job. It's one of the best features of the, those films. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's so wonderful. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. I, I think it was a really well done, well thought out, smart movie. I don't have a whole lot of criticisms other than, yeah, the, the representation would have been a good thing. But I will give the the actors in this movie a lot of credit. I think they really portrayed their roles really well and pretty accurately, it felt like. I felt there was, this movie felt really authentic. And the scary bit is kind of the randomness of how one can become a potential victim of a serial killer. Oh, for sure. It's not necessarily they're targeting someone specific. You just are kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this serial killer is like that. He's one of the, just a very opportunistic guy. Doesn't seem to have much of like a preference. You see, and this isn't really spoiling, I think it's like within the first couple minutes, you'll see that in his vehicle you have a man he's killed and then he kills a woman. So you have Mm -hmm. right there, it's not like he's going after women because they wronged him. Like, not that that's a valid reason for killing women, but that's the kind of reason a lot of serial killers like that would cite. Yeah, some sort of odd emotional response that manifests into something really scary. This guy seemed like he just was trying, was having fun, and that was that. Yeah, like he felt like I can do this and I'm smart enough to get away with it. Yeah. Like an arrogance. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that in more details about that as we go along. But I think we both want to talk a little bit about the music because, mm-hmm. oh man, like even the commercial for this when we watched the trailer, that was, the music is just so like gripping. Yeah. And they escalate the music in points of tension, not in the kind of hokey way that you see in some movies, but really, really well thought out dramatically. It adds to the tension so much. It ratchets things up when it needs to, slows things down when it needs to. I think it was, the score was brilliant and one of my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah, and I like that there's parts where when it's in her perspective, it almost goes dead silent. There is a little bit of music in there. That's one of my only other criticisms. I would have liked it to have been dead silent. They do have it what sounds like her heartbeat, though. Mm -hmm. That I like because it makes you feel like that even though she's deaf, she could feel her heartbeat in that kind of moment of fear. Yeah, exactly. And that I liked, but I would have, there was a slight bit of music with it. And that, again, very mild criticism, but that's something I would have taken out. If I were the one directing this, I would have had it just be just the heartbeat during her parts and be dead silent just to show the drastic difference of what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Because her perspective would be just that. Like, you might feel something internally. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. Yeah. And the music itself, that was so good. Like, it wasn't even just the fact that they made it, like, loud and tense. It was just, like, catchy. Like, it had just, like, such a good beat to it. Yeah, it was very poignant, and it was an earworm, for sure. Like, this is the kind of stuff I would listen to on its own, on a soundtrack. Yeah, for sure. And it actually isn't too, despite being kind of slashery because you got a serial killer running around, it felt like it wasn't as gory as you'd expect something like that to be. Yeah, gore level isn't super high. I think a lot of it is... The tension of everything. The tension, it's very psychological. Yeah. It's a very smart approach. And again, you know, I, I love psychological films. I love psychological horror, psychological thrillers. Same. Something that messes with your brain a little bit. And you see just how manipulative this killer is Mm -hmm. and how he's able to weave all these people around his finger and a a lot of cat and mouse kind of stuff. So like, yeah, very much so. 
he's trying to catch them and the couple of the characters and it's just the setup is really good. The execution's good. It takes in a lot of different factors and it makes you think a lot about like, you know, this is a deaf person that at times that he's chasing. Yeah. And certain things how they react, like opening a door makes a sound. And just little there's little things all over the place that mm-hmm. really add to a lot of depth and make this movie unique. Yeah, for sure. And there was also a good amount, I felt like, of like comic relief when you needed it. Yeah, there was a couple moments. Yeah, like we'll go, we'll go into more in the spoiler part of it, but it's one of those that I always like when you can have just a little bit of comic relief, like not enough to like make this a comedy in any way, shape, or form, but just a little bit of chuckle like during the tense situation that you can get here and there. Also throws you a little bit off the scent. Yeah. To a degree. For sure. Kind of takes you out of the fear for a moment, but throws mm-hmm. you right back into it. It's toying with your emotions really intentionally, I yeah. think. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Both that. I mean, is there anything else you want to add before we get into our spoiler part of it? Before we get the spoiler territory, no, not particularly. Yeah, because there's a lot I want to talk about, but I feel like all of it's very spoiler. It's such a new movie, I don't want to spoil anything yeah. for anyone. So. This is one a lot of people haven't had an opportunity to see. No, but I, if you haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend seeing it. I'd also highly recommend turning this off and go seeing it, then finish this mm-hmm, because for sure. you don't want this spoiled. It, it has some twists and turns. Yeah, it's really good. Don't ruin this. How's that? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, into the spoilers. So I have to say to start, this killer is crafty as hell. Holy crap, this guy is so manipulative. Yeah, there was a lot of times that I'm basically like yelling at the TV. I'm like, no, 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 it's him. Because he, at one point, would wear a mask. And this was filmed pre-COVID, so this wasn't even like a COVID-related thing. But, and I know, I know there's probably some dumb people out there that have, I've heard people make comments that they're like, oh, it's the masks, you know, you have people that can get away with stuff because you can't recognize them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, this has been a thing over in Asian countries forever and it's not been a problem, so. Yeah, wearing masks is a normal part of life when you're feeling ill. Yeah. Now that said, this clearly was a problem, this one weird, one-off scenario, so. When he's chasing Su Jung, which is the brother, John Tuke, um, that's his the sister that he's chasing initially, like when he first like finds her, when he's chasing Ke Young Mi, and which Ke Young Mi is the deaf girl, and when he's chasing her, you see he has like the baseball cap and the mask on. But we've seen the very beginning when he opens up his van, you see that there's this whole fucking wardrobe there. Like he's thought this out. This wasn't like a spur of the moment thing. He ins- essentially installed like a closet into his van. Yeah, and so now he's got. Again, like a red jacket on, he's got a ball cap, he's got a mask on, so he looks totally different then, and he quickly, when he changes over to, they like set the alarm off, and he realizes, you know, now he's got to change his look. He quickly goes in that van, he changes into a suit with like a briefcase, and he combs his hair over in a different way. Doesn't even look like the same guy at all. Mm-hmm. And he comes over to them, and he's just like, oh, like trying to help, and... He doesn't have a mask anymore, so... Again, looks different. And, and it's also creepy, notice, though. It's so fucking creepy how quickly mm-hmm. he could change his look. Yeah, he's been prepping for this often. He must have been, you know, gotten some help from Leslie Vernon, really. Yeah. He's also got great cardio because yeah, he chases cardio. a lot. He runs a lot, and he, the, this dude's cardio is top-notch. I also noticed within his van, it looked like he had one of those little hanging closet organizer things from Ikea. Oh, did he? I didn't even see that. So it's like, that, that guy was outfitted, man. I know, he was ready. And... Speaking of his closet, at the very beginning, there's that girl that he tries to get into his car and give her a ride, and she's walking away, and then he opens the door, and then you can just hear someone saying, like, you know, someone help me, and she comes over, and she was on the phone a second ago, and I'll say that I understand you wanted to help someone, that's great, but oh my god, at least call someone and be on the phone and be like, hey, I hear someone saying help me, like, if if I disappear, here's where I am, kind of mm-hmm. thing, so that at least someone could try to figure out what's going on, like, I'm going into this van, there's this guy, but when she goes in there and she sees the guy that's like dead or he, he appears to be dead. I don't know if he's truly dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely dead later. But you see him just kind of like slowly emerge from the clot, like from the clothes. And he's clearly being the one saying, help me. And all I could think of was like Jurassic Park. Be like, clever girl. <laughs> clever serial killer. Oh, I've got her. <laughs> uh, interestingly, though, he's the, you know. Oh, yes, that makes sense. He's the hunter. He's the he's the raptor in this. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
clever and scary. Yeah, very scary because he's able to manipulate so many people into believing he's someone completely different. Yeah. It's also when there's a weird van, don't approach it when the door's just open and someone's crying for help. Yeah. I'd probably at that point just call, call the, the police. police. Yeah. Now, granted, the cops in this movie were, like you said, what we were watching, these oh were just my God. Keystone They're, cops. They are the Keystone cops. They're running around, like, bumbling, probably, like, running into each other. They would leave, like, they had them all in the police station when he's pretending to be the, the someone whose sister is missing. So he's pretending his sister's missing, who is the girl that he abducted, who was checking the van to see to try to help. So he's pretending his sister is the one missing, when in reality he's the one who abducted her. He's totally duped the police. Well, and he even, he's so crafty because there's a point where you see they're in the elevator alone with this guy and the mom can tell something's wrong. She keeps signing to her being like, you know, like he keeps glancing at us, something's wrong. Like he was devastated earlier. Why does he seem fine now? Mm -hmm. And he walks up to them like slowly so they can read his lips, says like, my sister's not missing. And you're like, oh shit, he's going to kill them. And then he brings up a phone like, she contacted me. She's okay. So it's like, okay, well now that explains why he's so calm. Mm -hmm. So again, so fucking smart. Yeah. He's in tune and ahead of everybody by a couple steps. Yeah. Up until the very end. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a minute. But it also, you know, like when they find the bodies, he pretends to be in shock and like, you know, he's deaf. He's like, oh my gosh, I found these, this body here. Like, yeah. you know. Very like beginning he, of the movie when they find the, the, the two bodies. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, he like pretends he just, to the be the, the person who found them just randomly. And he's devastated. He's so mm-hmm. in shock. And, and then later when they're in the police station and the brother starts just like, beating the shit out of him because he comes after me, realizes that, you know, it, this is the guy. And I will say that the brother was stupid for still holding the knife when the cops are in there. It's like, oh my God, dude, fucking drop the knife. Mm-hmm. Because clearly the cops are in here with a taser. Just take the knife and throw it yeah. off the side. Be like, okay, okay, I'm going to drop the knife. It's it's him. He's the guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, I got this co- the knife away from him. I'm going to throw it off the side so you know it's not me. You know? But he's there and keeps like pointing the knife at the dude. So of course they eventually tase him and then he can't explain it. And then the guy just fucking walks away. Mm-hmm. Just and they fucking leaves. Walks away while the cops apologize for wasting his time. Yeah, give him a cigarette, and the two deaf women are sitting there being like, no, it's him, like, pointing, they're like, no, no, he's okay, it's okay, like, yeah, it's, like, it's like, they don't care that he's okay, they don't yeah. want him to be okay, they know that he's the problem. And it's difficult for them to communicate in that situation, because the police officers don't know sign language, and they also, they're not a deaf people who really speak, so they're having trouble articulating what they're trying yeah, to they're say. Yeah, they're trying to say each little thing, yeah, but it's so like very hard slowly. when... It's so hard when you've never, we don't know their situation, of course, but since they're both deaf, you would assume that it was probably a genetic, uh, so they probably have never heard. So to try to speak when you've never heard and articulate that is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And there's some deaf people that can do it, and it's amazing to me. Like, I couldn't do that. I can't read lips. Like, no way. And how the the one girl, she uses her phone as like a like her notepad and she's writing out the messages the messages and everything and that's the only way she can really get through to some people yeah but there's just these little things of brilliance from the killer like when the cops are out there's a drunk guy within the police station who's just fantastic he's yelling at him like respect your elders <laughs> and he's like trying to he like runs back in at one point trying to tackle him and it's just like <laughs> yeah. that's one of those like comic relief moments because mm-hmm. it's getting really tense because you can see that the mom again is putting the pieces together because at one point a phone his phone falls but the phone is white and the phone previously he showed them was black and she's yeah. like wait a minute something why would you have two phones and there was also a picture of a girl on that phone you know the mom is so observant yeah and she's so smart yeah She's great. I love her. I was so worried they were going to kill her, but I was so happy they didn't. Yeah. It was one of those rare movies of this type that didn't kill any of the main characters. Yeah. And it's... Unless you consider the serial killer the main character. Sure. But what any of the protagonists. Yes. Like, it's very rare that you get a movie like this that lets them all live. Yeah. Because it's almost an expected thing that a couple of them are going to bite it. Yeah, or at least one. So then you have that. People, I I think in a lot of American films, they want that because they're like, oh, then it's going to make you like... The devastation and the tension. Pull at your heartstrings and stuff. I was like, I don't need that for it to be a good movie, though. I mean, it can in certain aspects it works, Mm -hmm. but I don't need that. Sometimes I feel like it's a crutch for a weak script. Yeah. This is not a weak script in any way, shape, or form. And then like also the other part where, again, it's she's struggling with trying to explain what's wrong to people is she's downtown trying to be like, this guy's like coming after me. That's him. And you realize in this moment, you're like, Oh no, he's going to, 
you called it before you yeah, happened. He was gonna he was gonna, yeah, he was going to pretend. Like, this is my sister. She's, you know, she's just scared. It's fine. Like, mm-hmm. and they fucking, br- she's hiding and they bring her to him. And you're just like, yeah, the police bring no. her. The police just bring her to him. And she's just pleading. And they, for the police just drop the knife. It's yeah. like, like, why? Why? why they, she's they running around. They, they give, they it, give to it to him. him. That's right. They, they hand wrap it, it in to paper him. and give it That's to right. him. They hand it to him like it was a fucking present. It's like, why are you giving this knife back? Because they think that this guy is protecting his sister or whatever. But why are you and giving they, they, it they to him? And they weren't police. They look like they were military. That's even worse. <laughs> is it? I mean, no matter how we spin it, it's bad. It is bad. You think they'd know better not to give a weapon back to people who might potentially wield it. Yeah. In a public place. Yeah. But it reminds me of when, I don't want to mispronounce his name, um, because he was Laotian, I believe, when Dahmer killed that 14-year-old kid. I want to say his name was um, Conorak Synthesphone, I think was how his name was pronounced. I apologize if I've mispronounced his name. But he was, there's been things I was told when I was younger that, about him not being fluent in English, and that was why. But it, he actually was completely fluent. He'd lived here since he was like four years old. But he was so drugged up, he couldn't explain what was happening. And then the cops, which was, um, I believe their names were Gabrish and Balachak, they were so awful, they didn't check Dahmer's ID. But in later, like, audio tapes, you can hear where they're making homophobic comments about how, like, they got their quote-unquote lovers back together and blah, blah, blah. <sighs> And there was three women that were like, something is wrong. Like, th- don't let him go to this guy. And the Dahmer could be like, no, it's just a lover's quarrel. Everything's fine. And if they would have checked his ID, they would have seen that he had a child molestation charge from 1988. And that child molestation charge was for a 13-year-old boy that was that kid's brother. Oh, my God. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's yeah. even... More frightening. Yeah, so it was just like all levels of awful, and it just reminded me of this in some ways because of the fact that someone who can understand and everything but cannot communicate what is going on, mm-hmm. and people take the side of the person they can understand. I know I don't know a lot about deaf culture in South Korea. I don't know how it's publicly perceived or anything like that. I can see, though, here it being a similar situation because you go out in public and you think this person's all hysterical, and people are automatically going to probably think this person is dumb and confused. Like some people think deaf people are stupid, which is the that most awful fucking, fucking thing. It's like no, they're not. They're different than you. Yeah, it just doesn't make they speak them a dumb. different language. Exactly, they speak a different language, and they have to function without a sense that you have and you probably take for granted. Yeah, and like you know that I grew up in Maryland, where we had a very large deaf population. So sure. Almost everyone in Maryland, just about, that's from there, usually knows at least some basic signs. And there's a lot of kids that are CODAs, which a CODA is a child of deaf adult. And so, like, my friends that, like, would come in from California that her family's deaf, and they would start, she would start to translate, and they'd be at, like, the movie theater, and the person in the movie theater would start signing to them perfectly because her parents were deaf, you know, or she knew someone that was deaf and learned it, and so... And it was taught in a lot of schools, like a lot of, like, unfortunately, my school that I went to didn't. But, like, if you went to a lot of other schools, that was one of the language courses you could take because you could take ASL. So, for me, like, seeing that kind of stuff and knowing a lot of people in the deaf community and a lot about the deaf community, it's not my community, but I know a lot about it. And that kind of stuff fucking frustrates the hell out of me because so many people assume deaf people are stupid and it drives me up a fucking wall. Yep, difference does not equal stupidity. And of other things that drive me up a fucking wall, let me just transition here to (laughs) another thing is that when the brother is letting her, she's going to go out for the night and he tells her, you know, if you're dressed that way, you'll die. And he keeps saying that to her. And it's like, fuck the patriarchy. She shouldn't have to be worried about the way she's fucking dressed. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem here too, obviously. That's, I think, a problem everywhere just about and just annoys the fuck out of me. That's like, no, let's not blame the victim. Let's say the people that are attacking someone are wrong and that they'll attack them regardless of how they're dressed. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like women can't wear any kind of clothing that's revealing in any way, shape, or form because the pig of a guy just couldn't control themselves. Well, if you can't control yourselves, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. 
he says like her shirt, her pants are too short. They were not too short. I know, but then she points out that her, his are even shorter, and he's like, mine are military, you know. So like, oh, since it's military and you're a guy, then you can do it. But he women was basically can't do it. wearing like bicycle shorts from the '80s, yeah, or the '70s, or something like that. It, it seems like their parents have probably passed away, and he's in charge of her because like he goes to the wall and like saying like I see what parents would want me to do and stuff. And she's like, fine, you know, I'll be home by ten, and then. As she's running out the doors, it's like, no, 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 I'll be home by midnight, you know, and just, you can tell just kind of like, you know, she's going on a blind date. She's just being, you know, a young girl trying to have fun. Yeah. And the brother is being a bit overprotective, which to an extent I could understand being a little overprotective of your little sister, but also I'm like, God damn it, fuck the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of goes to prove that like, yeah, he was kind of right in a, in, a, in a way. That's the worst part. He yeah. shouldn't be right. Yeah. But it's... the thing is, he wasn't right regardless of what she was dressed like. This guy was opportunistic. He almost went after the mom, which was, you know, mm-hmm. an older woman dressed like, you know, very conservatively, you yeah. know, and just like a shawl and like, you know, full on pants and everything. And he still was going to go after her. And the only reason he didn't, because he was going to, and then he sees the girl who go past. And what he decides is he sees... You know, this woman's deaf. If I go after her and she does yell, this girl's going to hear. But if I go after this girl and she yells, the deaf woman's not going to hear. Smart. So. Opportunistic is the perfect word because this guy is very aware of his surroundings and is going to make the decision of what he can get away with. Yeah. And again, doesn't have a type. Some of them would just go after like particular women or whatever. They would just pick certain things like uh, Ted Bundy would go after in general like brunette women. There's stuff like that. This dude was just like, whoever is available for me at this moment. I think that makes it extra scary. He even said at one point near the end, one of you is going to die today. Yeah. Today, decide who, basically. Yeah. And it's like he didn't care who he got, just as long as he got somebody and to satisfy that rush he's after, it seems mm-hmm. like. Jumping back to the deaf community, though, one thing I was going to point out also is when she's at her job and they take her out to dinner with like clients and stuff, and they're all sitting there kind of like, saying some really awful things to her yeah just and they're like, like oh well, she can't hear it's fine you know yeah it's like acting like again the deaf person's an idiot and yeah that's so or the, and they can say what they want because she can't hear mm-hmm. but, well, but she, they, she, she can read lips yeah she so can she read could, lips she was picking up bits and pieces of what they were saying and she started signing to them and i assume her employers knew some of what she was saying because they're like oh she's saying this like because she's really just like i'm gonna put you in a coffin and shut the lid you know and it, <laughs> yeah. that was one of the funny parts so just like that was great i loved like it's like oh it goes both ways asshole like you don't have no idea what she's saying you're all laughing and having fun and this woman's sitting there being like i'm gonna take your eyeballs and move them all like rub them all over the table mm-hmm. it's like george costanza should have used her to read gwen's lips yeah right he really should have but alas yep gotta get our seinfeld references in oh yeah Speaking of Seinfeld references, again, I love how this killer is able to change moods so much. He's so manic. He's all over the place. Like, he can just just change on a dime. Like, again, like you mentioned with his wardrobe, his personality changes, everything. This guy is master of disguise. Kind of reminds me, like, if, if there was a serial killer in Seinfeld, it totally would be Kramer. Yeah. Because that guy can change his moods, his attitudes so quickly, like a snap of a finger. And he's all over the place. Yep. And then remember there was an episode where they had a potential serial killer out there and they're trying to come up with names for it. Oh, yeah. Instead of Son of Sam, he goes, Son of Dad. Son of Dad. That's right. I forgot that. So stupid. Mm -hmm. And other things, just jumping back to, I know we're jumping over all over a little bit, but when, of things that like are kind of creepy, when he does change his look and everything and the women are standing underneath. I guess there's like these police things that you can like hit the alarm and there's like a camera and lights that shine on you to try to help protect people, which is really cool. I think we should have those everywhere. That was a, a nice thing that apparently have in Korea. That Great idea because yeah. it, it illuminates very brightly and... And has a camera right there. Yeah. So like if someone was coming after you, they're like, shit, now I can't really do anything very easily because there's a camera mm-hmm. and the light's shining right on them. So you're kind of screwed in that scenario. But... When he, they show up, he, he he's like, but you can't find my sister and pretending like that he's looking for his sister who is, of course, you know, he describes her, which is, of course, the girl in the alley. And the police show up, but right before they do, he almost lures them away. Like, you know, like, both of you come with me, like, come show me where she was, you know? And the police show up and he even, like, under his breath is just like, almost had you or something mm-hmm. like that. And then he tricks the police and that's just like, and that just is like, ah, 
so they let him go. And one of the other things when he's in the police station, you notice like he wants to look over the report and he's getting her address and her name and location. Yeah. So like, and he memorizes again, this dude's so fucking smart. He memorizes it. And then he shows up their goddamn house and you hear someone just like banging on the door and you're like, Oh God, no, it's him. It's him. Then you see, it's actually like someone that was with the mom, like that mom worked with or something. And the mom goes to help her like carry some stuff out. And you're just like, God damn it. Like, Mm -hmm. and she has these really cool like lights in the house that will start flashing when there's a sound, Yeah, sound activated lights, which is really great. And she also had a sound activating meter in her car. Mm -hmm. So it would, you know, if there's a horn blaring, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And then he comes in and breaks into the house and he turns off some of those lights. Well, before he does that. You see him like come to the door and you see him just like smash the porch mm-hmm. light. But then he unlocks the door from the outside and you're like, damn it. We always say like lock your fucking doors, but I guess lock your fucking doors and get a deadbolt because. Because mm-hmm. this looked like a deadbolt, but it was. Apparently it wasn't, not. but it, it looks like a deadbolt, but you could tell like he could unlock it from the outside mm-hmm. if, you know, with like a, if he had a key or whatever. I don't know how he did it, but he picked it. Yeah. In theory, I mean, he could have got a key because I think he at one point steals the mom's phone. Maybe he stole the key too. Yeah, maybe. We don't know. But it's like they know that this dude's out there. So it's just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I could feel safe staying in the house, like knowing that this dude is out there. And again, doesn't even dawn on her that he picked up the paper and could see her name and address and details. And there's little things that an average person might not really think about in that scenario. Yeah. And at at that point in the movie, they thought he was literally, she thought it was someone who had their sister missing and is an innocent party and all of this. When really not. And the guy also has some guts, like in the police station where he shows, the, tells the moms, like, I'm the guy. Look in the bag. And his bag, he has his briefcase full of knives and stuff. Yeah, and he's got his hand, like, on her just gripping, basically mm-hmm. being like, like, I'll kill your daughter if you don't. And he's like, oh, my God, you're a killer anyway. Don't trust this dude. That's the thing. He's doing things like that. Like, he tells the brother at one point, he's like, basically, like, I'll give you the address of where this your sister is. You have to choose. You have to choose, that's and he chooses the, his sister. And that's one of the hard, toughest parts of this movie, and one of the smartest parts of it, I think. Yeah. That scene was really gut-wrenching. Yeah, because you can tell he wants to save this girl, but it's like, you can imagine if someone told you, like, you could go save me over this person you don't even know. I'm going to save you. Yeah, and unfortunately, this is a guy you just cannot trust, though, because, of course, he sends him back to the mm-hmm. fucking house. That's the thing. You can't trust this guy. You might want to think, like, well, is this guy legitimately going to help me save my sister or significant other or whoever? Or is he just going to bullshit me to get me out of there so he can kill this person and my whoever I'm trying to save is... Yeah, because even, like, the girl had said that the sister had been stabbed. So, like, we know at this point that the sister is in bad shape. Mm -hmm. So, but backing up to the house with, like, the lights and everything... That's actually in um, a lot of people that are deaf, their house has something similar where like the doorbell is linked to the lights. So when you press the doorbell, the lights flash to let you know if someone's at the door. And same thing with like the phones, you can actually have it where like the light flashes on the phone Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's great with the way technology and stuff like that's come out to make things like this so much easier for folks like that. But when he's in the house and you see he starts turning off the light alarms, you can see, and he like turns on stuff in like the other room so that she goes and finds it. And then he's already turning off the switches around him and stuff like, again, so fucking sneaky and crafty. He's very like cat-like in that there's that little cat with the little symbols on its hand that's clapping. And she's looking at something and looks at that and realizes that's making a noise and the lights aren't flashing. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. And right when she does that is when she turns and sees him and he comes down with like the axe and almost hits her yep. with it. And you're just like, fucking hell, bro. She's and- running away and it's trying to get away from him within her apartment. And he blasts through the door like, here's Jenny. Mm-hmm. That's immediately what I thought of, of course. Oh, of course, axe through the door. If there's an axe on a door, it has to be that. That's the only thing is possible. Synonymous with that. But he's so crafty because, again... I don't know for sure if he had stole the mom's phone earlier or if she had come down home and set the phone down and then he took it because she texts the mom and's like, you know, he's here, don't come home. And the next text says, why is the front door open? And you're like, oh my God, the mom's home. But then it says other stuff and she starts like trying to open. I think she realizes, wait a minute, this might not be mom, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he comes in the door and it's just like right there. And he's sitting there being like, come to mommy and stuff. And she's mm-hmm. like, again, not only is he like a fucking serial killer, he's like so fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. creepy. So fucking creepy. Creepy, psychotic murderer who's really freaking smart. 
and a master of disguise. This is a guy that's really tough to fuck with, unless you get down to like a one-on-one physical confrontation. And I think this is where this guy's lacking, because the original girl's brother, the security guard, just beats the piss out of him. And he, makes he keeps a big coming thing. back though. He makes a thing though, saying like he doesn't like being beaten up. Basically, mm-hmm. like he's like, I, I don't like that. Like you basically, he like he, at one point he has the knife to his throat, basically being like, I'd rather die than get beaten up. Which makes you think. Is this guy had some sort of childhood trauma or something? Yeah, something. Yeah, certainly had probably fell on his head at some point. Well, that it was like he was maybe bullied, beat up as a kid, stuff like that, and this is his revenge against society kind of thing. That it didn't explore any like real motive with him, which I'm cool with. Yeah, because I kind of like that because it leaves a lot up to your imagination. And they also don't always have a logical motive. Because it could also be, think about it this way, where he says about beat, like, the, I don't like being beaten up. The subtitles were just saying beaten. Mm-hmm. This could be similar to, like, beaten as in... Like, beating, like beating me, like, being victorious over me. Exactly, yeah. and so that he would rather die than lose. He, this yeah. guy that has an inferiority complex because mm-hmm. he's, like you say, so fucking arrogant. And that that could just be all it boils down to is like he cannot lose and he would rather die than lose. This is a game to him in a lot of ways. This is a game of what he can get away with. It's and ironic. He, just, he gets off on it. Like he get he gets this like pleasure out of pulling a fast one like over the cops. He he seemed almost like just this smirk on his face, like he was giddy. You know, like he was so happy to pull such a fast one on them and things like that. This movie overall is one of the best examples of a cat and mouse kind of thing. Yeah. It's just so... And, and the tension doesn't really let up that much unless it wants you to think it should. And then it just slams you again. Well, it's like in the scene where she's sitting there texting the brother and saying, like, you know, I'm so sorry about your sister. Yeah, I hope she's okay. And he's sitting there right behind her talking, being like, oh, like, she's not okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just like, ah, god damn it. Like, you're right when it looks at it, it's not even like a jump scare as much as I just yelled because I was like, ah, no, god damn it, he's right there. Impending doom. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. And one of the craziest things about this, though, is that Wei Ha-jun, the guy that plays him, is the cop in Squid Game. So he's mm-hmm. like the total opposite character. Like, he's the good guy in Squid Game. And it's just fucking wild to see him now is like, nope, now he's the crazy serial killer. Yeah, so such a diverse actor. And in Ganjim, he was the ringleader of the the people doing the the live stream. Yeah. So he was he was more kind of like he was very neutral, but he kind of was very controlling. Yeah, he didn't give a shit though if they lived or died. It felt Mm -hmm. like as long as he got his views, that was really what counted. This is a real up and coming performer. Oh my gosh! Who is? I think he's very quickly becoming for both of us one of our favorite actors. Yeah. Anything this guy does, I'm. I want to see it. Yeah. Because he's so good. Like, he's just good with his, he's his only, everything. He's only 30. Got lots of future stuff ahead of him. I know he has some, I think he has a movie that's in development right now. I don't know if it's a horror movie, but, because he's done a lot of stuff that's been like, even like romance stuff and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff in his career. But the main things, like, I think that, again, for people who listen to our show would know Konji Hem Haunted Asylum. And then, of course, everyone knows Squid Game because it was yeah. like, even if you didn't watch it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's cool to see things like that get traction here. And I really hope this movie gets some traction here, too, because it deserves it. Yeah, 100%. Did you want to talk about the ending a little bit? Because I just fucking love the way it's ended. Yeah. So going to the ending, one of the things I really liked is that the killer finally gets outsmarted. Yeah. That's the best part of this. And you don't know because it leaves you up to wondering who stabbed who. Yeah, because when she runs at him with the knife, it looks like she's going to stab him. And then you see blood dripping. You're like, she fucking got him. Mm -hmm. But then he says, like, you know, I told you you didn't know how to use that thing. And you just end up cutting your hand. And so he thinks she's cut her hand and didn't even cut him. And really what she's done is she stabbed herself because she's realized if she stabs him, everyone's going to not listen to her because she can't communicate. And he can play the victim again and then just get away. Whereas if she's stabbed, now he's the one that's done it. And she showed everyone. Because in sign language, it's a lot about expression. It's about showing things rather than saying things with your mouth. So this, now everyone sees he's stabbed her. She's just like, oh gosh, like look what's happened to me essentially. And now everyone's like, oh my gosh, he stabbed her. And then he's just like hitting himself being like, focus, focus. Like trying to like find a way out of this. And just like, no dude, you're fucking trapped. Mm -hmm. She fucking got you. Yeah, that was brilliant. What a great way to turn the tables and you just didn't expect it. 
And it left you wondering. There was this moment of tension, like, what the fuck just happened? So brilliant. And then he just keeps, like, he's trying to rationalize, okay, there's still a way out of this. How do I do this? He's, like, talking to himself. Mm -hmm. What am I, I can do this. I can do that. What can I do for this? What what, what am I going to do? And he's panicking. And then he just, the rage takes over. And he just kind of comes out, and the police are there. They shoot him. Well, because first they shoot a warning shot in the air, Mm -hmm. though. And you think he's going to, like, calm down to, like, try to stop this. And what I just thought of is because one of the things he keeps saying to the brother is, you know, that getting all excited about this won't help things. But now he's the one getting all excited mm-hmm. about it and is not helping things. Yeah. And then she says something in sign language to him. She basically tells him to fuck off yeah. and flips him off <laughs> the middle finger. It was finger. Just so great. She's but just like, come at me. She's smiling at him and mm-hmm. laughing and he just cannot him. stand it. He cannot mm-hmm. stand Again, that's where I still think a lot of this is the inferiority complex mm-hmm. and that he just can't stand to lose because now yeah. he's losing to this girl and just like this is not how it was supposed to be for him is Mm -hmm. how he thinks. And he just can't take it. And even though they've got guns, you know, and they fucking shoot him, he keeps fucking getting up until they finally, like they finally get him down and Mm -hmm. shot him enough times. Yeah. Cause he comes right at her and thank goodness the brother comes up and just like tackles him. Yeah. The fact that she just totally did everything he did to them to him. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Yeah. I like how the ending was really sweet. Because they were talking oh my about, because the, the mom had earned a bunch of money and they wanted to go, I forget the name of the island. Yeah, they wanted to go to an island to, to just kind of vacation and relax. Yeah, and they show the mom and the daughter, they're at the island, and you're wondering, I'm like, oh, this is really great, they got to go. Well, I wonder if the other characters are going to show up. Yeah, I was hoping they would. Yeah. I was like, come on, come and on. And they do. And they're just, go have a fun time together and let's let's enjoy ourselves. And they get a picture together and that's the end of the And you the can movie. tell they've, they've bonded over this. They've become mm-hmm. friends. Like, And I kind of like that because a part of me for one minute was like, I wonder if she's going to get together with like him. Like a romantic thing. I'm glad they kind of left that open to interpretation. Yeah, like it, like because they're also not standing next to each other. It's like the sister and her are standing mm-hmm. next to each other. So it felt like they're all friends. You know, maybe something could develop in the future, but it's not like, it's all again up to your interpretation. If you want to think that, great, but it's not outright said. It yeah. could just be they're all friends, and this is all just now they've bonded over. They have trauma bonding, and now yeah. they're on this island, at least getting to have fun and trying to enjoy themselves. After yeah. it was, it was a really heartwarming ending to a movie that takes you to many doldrums of psychological madness. What I've learned from this and the boy behind the door is if you are almost killed, go to the beach and things will be okay. Mm-hmm. That's your relief is to go somewhere somewhat tropical. Yeah. It's not a bad way to unwind after something horrible like this. Yeah, for sure. I just like, that seems to be like, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the thing now is that we go, bad things happened, go to the beach, yep. but not the beach that Leo DiCaprio and them were in, in the movie, the beach, because no. that didn't end no, well no. for no one. No, don't go to that one. And don't go to the beach where, you know, space balls end up showing up with dark <laughs> helmet and everything. Balls? Oh, oh, shit. shit. There, there goes, goes the planet. planet. <laughs> you see those idiots climbing down from the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, like coming out of the like, Get off my helmet. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to go to that beach. One thing also that doesn't really have anything to do with the movie, but something that I looked up about Korean Sign Language is that South Korea has two official languages. KSL, which is Korean Sign Language, and Korean. So they actually have two official languages, and I love that it's considered an official language. That's great. Because in the U.S., we don't have any official languages whatsoever. Like, there's certain states that technically do. Speak American. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I was going to bring up is that I'm going to go on my soapbox for a minute because there's an English-only movement. Like, they have a whole nonprofit dedicated to this. And it's such fucking bullshit to me because I think that it's – really nice when you have areas that tend to be you tend to have multiple languages there and you have signs in multiple languages to help people out you know you go to europe this is never an issue usually border whatever countries are bordering that country oftentimes as you get closer to those borders you'll have signs in multiple languages and to me that's just a common courtesy thing just because you know like you go to canada there's signs in parts of canada that are going to be in french and english Mm -hmm. all over canada yeah. yeah and what people don't realize with these English-only movements is ASL is not English, and it's not actually even similar to British Sign Language, Australian Sign Language, or New Zealand Sign Language, because all three of those are on a very similar basis, so BSL, ASLAN, and NZESL. They have some overlap. Like, for example, the alphabet, you usually use two hands 
to spell the alphabet, whereas ASL is very similar to French Sign Language in that you use one hand to spell the alphabet. And ASL semi-evolved from French Sign Language, and I could sit there and tell you all a history of how that happened, but Google's your friend if you want to learn more. So with that, now that I'm off my soapbox, would you like to rate this? Yeah, I'd be glad to dive into ratings. I'll let you do the honors for the for your overall. What do you think? I'm going to give it the five. I was toying, I'm, I've given it a, when I'm rating it on like websites that have halves, I'm giving it a four and a half. Now, you know what, I'm going to bump it down to the four for this, because like, it's a four and a half for me, but I'm going to bump it down to the four only because I'm going to point out that these were not deaf actresses that were playing deaf people. And I think that's going to hurt it a little bit because while they did an amazing job, I still will always feel that representation is so important. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that maybe it's a situation of like that there's not, they could not find any deaf actresses. And so what they did instead was they decided to do a lot of representation of it so that that way maybe it will encourage people to become, that are actresses and actors, to become, you know, even if they're deaf, to, you know, participate in this and take this on as a career because they certainly can do it. They're more than capable. I like seeing representation of deaf people in general in film. And Mm -hmm. I think it's obviously better when you have a deaf person portraying those roles, but it's also great to just see those roles kind of exist in stories at all mm-hmm. for, I mean, you go back 20, 10, 20 years, you know, not having nearly as much of this kind of representation for deaf actors and, and with deaf roles and movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's a situation I feel like is getting better. And I think this movie could be a really good catalyst for furthering that. Mm-hmm. For sure. For me, I'm going to give it a four as well. I debated on a five. It, the movie's not totally perfect, but it's really close. Yeah, very close. And I think for a movie that's an amalgamation between like like psychotic killer movie and a straight thriller, I haven't seen a movie quite like this Yeah. at all. And I think it's a very unique movie and deserves to be praised as, for such. And it's a unique movie that pulls everything off almost flawlessly. There's little moments here and there that that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. It's really close to a five for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a four. Like it would probably be a four and a half for me too, but I'll go with a four. It's brilliant. It's close to genre defining in a way because it's really much its own thing. I haven't seen a movie that melded these things quite like it did with the themes and the pacing and the story and the kind of movie it was it's very unique it's a thrill a minute it's a it's a real ride and it's a real psychological kind of movie highest recommendations Mm -hmm. how scary do you think this thing was i'm giving it a four because while it's not scary to watch, the concept is very scary. The, again, the, like, the idea of a random person killing you has always been something that creeps me out. So mm-hmm. the film itself, again, from a fear of like, watching it, I'm not sitting there like unable to watch, like hiding behind the covers. This wasn't in Kanji Haunted Asylum where I literally was like hard, had a hard time watching because I was so scared. But the concept is so scary, and I think that's enough for it to get the four. I think the randomness of that this can happen, there was a moment when Su Young throws her high heels mm-hmm. and he says, touch it and you die. But if she ignored it, he would have left her completely alone. And it's just these little things of randomness that this guy was just an opportunistic killer. He didn't give a shit who he was going after, just as long as he got somebody and got away with it. And that's really frightening because just you're in the wrong place, wrong time, and bad things can happen, and mm-hmm. it's crazy. And I think the frightening thing about this, there's many moments in this movie where it's like, oh my god, he's right fucking there. And it's like, you're, it's like in total internal screaming. The tension is just palpable in this movie. Mm-hmm. I am very tense, very frightened for the characters, and just the overall concept of the randomness that this can be. So, I'm going to give it a four. It didn't frighten me to the point like you said where like i can't watch it there's some movies that get me scared to that point this wasn't one of them but the fear factor is definitely there for sure so i think it's a solid four for me yeah definitely what are you gonna give it for music music it's a total five same music's brilliant both on its own the music is great 
but the way they use the music and the way they use sound, especially in a movie that portrays deaf characters, Mm -hmm. the lack of sound and the way they handled that was really good. Just everything about the sound design is a giant part of this movie. And I think any movie, when you have a deaf character, the sound or, like you said, the lack of it is going to be really important. And the way you design it could make or break your movie. And I really think that it did everything right. It enhanced the heck out of this movie. And alone, the soundtrack's great. Within the context of the movie, it was just brilliant. Mm -hmm. So I think it's one of the best parts of this movie. If you're a fan of really good soundtracks and the way music can control mood, this is for you. Yeah, for sure. What do you think? I, I agree. It was a total five. The, I, you've said all it all for that. So, <laughs> um, for effects, I'm gonna give it a three, and it's partly because I mean, when you have the effects of like the blood and everything, everything looks realistic. You know, the fight scenes look realistic. All of it, from that perspective, looks very real. But there's not a lot of effects to go with. Everything obviously is practical, and the camera work is great. So to me, it's, it's very, you know, I'm gonna bump it up to a four. I changed my mind because I love the camera work in this because I feel like that goes into effects with me and the angles they would use and stuff were just beautifully shot and brilliant. So I'm going to give it the four. What do you think? For me, it's a four too. And especially because of the camera work. And that's something that I've noticed in a lot of Korean film and Korean television that the cinematography is just so good. Mm-hmm. It's just top notch. Like the camera angles, everything about the way they shot this movie, like the little sly little smirks that the murderer would make, but no one else would see it. Yeah. And just little things like that. And the way it would come in really close to him, like when he had him and the mother in the police station, just build the tension. And the camera work was really important, especially because again, you have deaf characters visual is important Mm -hmm. in these scenarios and they really nailed the visuals so much cinematography was brilliant it's a very solid four for me and finally gore i've been teetering between a two and a three for this if i could give it a two and a half (laughs) because there is blood but it's not really full-on gory no it's not really is what i'm gonna go with i was teetering between a two and a three it's not really explicit. Like, if they wanted to get really gory when you stab somebody, you could really show it or make it more pronounced. Like, mm-hmm. they stab somebody and they're dragging the knife up or something like that. You know, it was, you got stabbed, there was blood. Someone's going to get stabbed. <laughs> so what are you going to rate it? I think it's a two for me. There's blood, but it's in very small amounts of the movie. Like, the whole runtime of the movie, it's about, like, hour and 45-ish, there's probably about like five minutes or so that might have blood really involved in it. Yeah. This is more psychological terror than anything. Yeah. And there definitely is blood, and it's used to great effect when needed, but it's not really prominent, and I don't think it's, you know, if you need to turn your head for like a minute or two, it's pretty minor. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think with that, we did it. Is there anything else you want to add before we close it out? Watch this movie. Yeah. It's available on April 5th on video on demand. So, obviously so, now. Obviously now. <laughs> you know, our, this will this be... releases re- on the This 6th. releases the next day. So, like, as soon as we could, we got... On the 5th, we got this. So, we had to watch it. So, it is so good. Totally worth it. If you like anything psychological, and if you listen to the podcast, you know that we do. Check it out. It is absolutely worth your time. I can't sing enough praises of this movie. I want to watch it again someday. Yeah, for sure. But with that, thanks for listening to our rambles. Until next time, this has been We All Pod down here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Our logo was designed by Emmanuel Arroyo. Our website is weallpoddownhere.com. Email us at weallpoddownhere at gmail.com. And you can follow our shenanigans at we all pod on twitter and at we all pod down here on instagram and facebook and feel free to suggest a movie you want us to review or if you just want to suggest something to make me really uncomfortable be afraid be very afraid